From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you the Unconquered Podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing you the best of internet marketing and website development for an affordable price. By the Unconquered Shop, by Luis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty, Shenandoah Newsma of ShenRealEstate.com, and Garage Makeovers. Thanks to all my sponsors. Thanks also to the Patreon supporters and those who've left reviews and ratings and all of you. Very grateful for uh, continuing to make this a uh, a worthwhile podcast to do. And uh, very, very much grateful for you all on that. So we're going to do the Florida State Georgia Tech preview here on this. Uh, on this uh, I'm, I'm actually recording this on a Friday. Everything's running a little late this week. It was a very, very... Uh, busy week off the field for me and even coming out of the bye week, uh, just still trying to survive this season. So, uh, getting it out late, but still getting it out. And, um, honestly, it's not going to be a long one because I don't think there's a whole lot of detail we need to go into on this one. This is not a good Georgia tech football team. If you watched the Georgia tech Virginia game, this is a game that Florida state needs to win. And, you know, basically boils down to Georgia tech offensively is not very good. It's it's real simple. So we're just going to start in the offensive side, offense, offensive preview, or the Florida State defensive preview, brought to you by Lewis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, the best in the business out there. Let them know you heard about him from the Unconquered podcast, and make sure to uh, talk about talk with him about FSU football while he uh, does whatever you need on the real estate side. So looking at the Georgia Tech offense, they... I'll just the bottom line here on the season, they've averaged 4.72 yards per play, which is 0.2 yards per play less than Florida state's defense has given up on the season. Now keep in mind, Florida state is 21st in the country on defense in yards per play given up, which is really respectable. That's good. But whatever defense Georgia Tech would be playing against Georgia Tech, that Georgia Tech's offense that week would be ranked 13th in the country in yards per play given up. Now, keep in mind that this is after playing Clemson, okay, fair, Western Carolina, Ole Miss at UCF, at Pitt, Duke, and Virginia. So you got a couple good defenses on there. I mean, you got Clemson, very good defense. Mississippi's pretty good. Pittsburgh at Pitt is, is that's a good defense. So they played really three good defenses on the year. But they put up 2.77 yards per play against Virginia. They put up 5.64 against Duke. The one they've had good offensive production in two games this year. At UCF where they had uh 7.02 yards per play. Had a few big plays in that game. And then Western Carolina, 6.73 yards per play. But all in all, this is this is not a good offense. And, you know, it's it's as simple as that. They're, they're not good offensively. Largely because they can't block anybody. A lot of this game and how effective their offense could be really is going to boil down to whether Jeff Sims, quarterback that a lot of Florida State fans are familiar with, is going to be able to play in this game. He's got a foot injury. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to play. I mean, they say he's a day-to-day game-time decision. I'm sure. I'm not sure even if he does start the game, if he's going to finish it. 
He's got some, you know, concerns in terms of that foot. Definitely not healthy, which to some degree takes away the thing that makes him most special as a quarterback. And that's his, that's his legs. That's his feet. And his ability to run the football and to be a threat with his legs is what has allowed them to have any offense at all this season. Because again, they've struggled to block teams. I mean, they're not a whole lot better on the offensive line than, than Boston College was. And really, the thing that they've been able to hang their hat on is, well, Sims kind of forces you to be a bit more honest if you're going to rush the passer. And also, again, he's he's been their their best runner. So if he's not out there, they're in real trouble. When when they had backup quarterback Zach Gibson out there in the against Virginia, they called 30 pass plays. And he was sacked on seven of them against Virginia. That's, you know, that, wow, that, that's almost a quarter of dropbacks that ended in a sack. Almost one out of four dropbacks ended not in a quarterback pressure, but in a sack. And that's against a Virginia defensive line that's not been elite this year. So that kind of gives you the, the, the foundation for what the biggest problem or biggest weakness of their offense has been this year. And that's that they just have had a hard time blocking. And if Sims is not a threat with his legs, if he's not back there forcing offenses to be honest, because he's a, he, he's a plus athlete at the quarterback position, they, they have that much more trouble. And even with him there, they've only had two games on the season with over 164 passing yards, two games with a passer rating over 139. So they've struggled throwing the football, just period. And part of that is, again, they don't have a ton of playmakers on the outside. You look at who they had. I mean, they if without the transfer portal, this team could have had some serious playmakers and would have been a real threat. I mean, Jameer Gibbs, who's starting at, at Alabama and is by far their best weapon on offense, you add him to this offense and, you know, a couple of the offensive linemen that they should have on that roster and... They'd be kind of scary, but the bottom line is they've got a decent running back who can, you know, get some yards, you know, get some quality yards here and there, but he's not a super threat to go the distance. Basically, they're in a situation where they don't have a bunch of weapons. They don't have pieces on offense other than Sims, and he's just flapping in the wind there, and it's not clear that he's going to play. The other relevant thing to keep in mind with them is they, you know, you, you might say, okay, well, they can't block anybody, but at least, you know, you got to worry about, you know, a big play here and there. Well, maybe you don't because they're 122nd in the country in 20 plus yard plays per game. I mean, they just don't, they've not had big plays this season. So you're looking at a team that has struggled in terms of basic success rate and just being able to block teams. And they don't have big plays. That's that's a recipe for just being really bad on offense. And that's why they're 118th nationally in yards per play. So for me, for my money, this game is on this side of the ball. It, it's a lot. It's very similar to the Boston College game, only with a mobile quarterback if Sims plays. So you got to worry a little bit about that. And you got to scheme a little bit for that. And then without a guy like Flowers who can really hurt you as a uh, as a weapon on the outside. So you got, you know, at least Boston College had one big play guy that you that you worry about at receiver. 
But other than that, I mean, this is very similar to the Boston College matchup defensively. You feel like you can choke this team out. And given their difficulties up front and the fact that they've not really run by anybody, you feel like you can you can go ahead and bring pressure when you want to and count on not giving up, giving up enough big plays to hurt you. But you also feel like you can just rush four and cover out of your base cover, out of your base cover seven. The one thing I think you have to worry about a little bit in this one is Florida State's had some trouble, especially with the youngsters on the field, uh, in their base cover seven look with the corners being vulnerable to some of the pick plays and some of those things and not passing plays off quickly enough. That's something I'd be, I'd, I, I would hope that they worked on a bunch during the, during the off week, especially since I think your, your true freshman at corner, I, I think AZ is, is your most talented corner. I think he is a guy that you want on the field for the remainder of the year, but he's got to get a few of those little busts out of his system. They, they've, you know, he gave up a couple of the most important plays in the last two losses where he just didn't come off the in-breaking pick route to pick up the, the back on the wheel or the rail, rail route. So you've got to be able to handle their backs in the passing game. They, they will run some of that stuff. They'll, they'll pick you. They'll do some of that stuff. So be conscious that you can't just line up and, and uh, play man on them. You want, you want to play that cover seven type thing and just make sure you communicate but if you just play fundamentally sound and you turn your front loose on them, I mean, I think you should expect to to give up under 4.5 yards per play. And without turnovers, this offense is just not scoring much on you. You feel like you should be able to, to win this game. You know, 17 points might be enough. So, you, you know, you shouldn't feel any pressure on the offensive side to put up a bunch of points. You just got to make sure you don't you don't turn it over. As long as they have a decent field to, to drive, they're not going to score a bunch of points on you. And then I also, I do expect to see Fabian Lovett out there a little bit this week. I don't think he's going to play a full game. You're not going to see him go out there for, you know, 45 snaps. I think, I think this is a game you put him out there in a pitch count. Get him ready for Miami. But I, I do think that, you know, this is a game where ideally he gets some gets some reps in a context where you know, you feel comfortable and where he feels comfortable and test out his legs, get him into a little bit of game shape and get him ready. And that also helps you that much more. So this is, this is a good, a good recipe for a get well game for Florida state defensively after three, three straight losses. Now they played pretty well in those three losses, but this is one where you feel like you can come out and do to Georgia tech, what you did to Boston college. Now, on the other side of the ball, which is brought to you by Shenandoah Newsmo, shenrealestate.com in the Research Triangle of North Carolina. Well, Georgia Tech's defense is pretty good overall. It's a good defense. They're, they're decent on the defensive line. They've got good linebackers. They're 22nd in the country in tackles for loss. 2.79 tackles for loss, uh, tackles for loss per game. That's pretty good. And then they've made hay with that havoc rate by being eighth in turnovers forced. They forced 16 turnovers on the season. They're fourth in the country in turnover margin. So, I mean, they're plus 10 on the year. They're plus 1.43 per game. That That's really been the secret to them not getting blown out over and over and over again. 
I mean, they've got that. That's the crazy thing. They've got four losses despite being plus ten in the in the in the uh, turnover column. I mean, they'd be even worse otherwise. They've turned it over. They've only turned it over six times offensively, and then they've forced sixteen turnovers. They play a lot of zone, and it's you know country zone where they're they're dropping to spots instead of uh, doing a lot of pattern matching, which means that they, they're in position. If you, if you overthrow the football, they've got a lot of eyes on the ball. So they've had some, they've, they've managed to force some turnovers, even against some better teams. I mean, they were plus one against uh, Mississippi. They were plus three against Pitt in that win. That's why they won that game. They were, uh, they were plus two against Virginia. Lost that game, 16 to nine, and pl- despite plus two. On the, in the turnover column. To me, this is this is really where this game hinges. If, if Florida State's going to lose this game, it's going to be because they did basically what Miami just did against Duke. And, and actually, I don't know if, if you all are aware, but Duke now is the rightful owner of the turnover chain. That game gave them the authority to do with it as they please. So I'm, I'll be curious to see what Mike Elko and the Duke program do with the turnover chain. They have, they, they earned it. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they add that to their to their trophy case, which is pretty barren up in uh, up in Durham. But uh, we'll see we'll see what happens there. I mean, it is hard to celebrate uh, a win like that that no one saw or you know attended. But apparently, it's it, it actually did happen. But that's the sort of thing that Florida State would have to do, I think, to lose this game. Is you're looking at multiple just turnover after turnover, a rash of turnovers that would result in defensive scores and that sort of thing. Because I don't think this, this Georgia Tech offense is going to score enough points on you otherwise. Defensively, though, they're, they're only giving up 5.18 yards per play on the season, which is pretty close to what Florida State's given up. And they're only a little bit, and that's 0.2 yards per, uh, per play worse than Florida State's defense. And they played, I mean, that old Miss offense is legit. They gave up 4.85 yards per play against Clemson in the opener. against Ole Miss. That's not so great, but that's a really good Ole Miss offense. But, you know, 4.85 yards per play against Clemson, that's pretty salty. And and in their wins against Pitt and Duke, not only did they turn those teams over, they limited their offenses. Pitt Pitt was 5.41 yards per play. Duke was 3.71. So defensively, they've been pretty good. And like I said, their offensive or their defensive line gave Clemson's offensive line trouble. They've been pretty good up front, and they've they've created a lot of havoc. They've done a, a, a good job stopping the foot and stopping the run. Four point one yard, uh, one four yards per play given up on the ground. Florida State, they're gonna have they're gonna have to actually play well on offense to move the football against this team. But the thing is, knowing what you know about their offense, you just have to be patient and know you don't need to take chances. You just need to protect the football. And it's okay to play field position with them for a while because eventually their defense is going to get tired and break and their offense is not likely to be good enough to beat you. So you take judicious shots down the field against their, against their defensive backs, against their corners. You, you, know, you make sure Jordan Travis, when he's thrown against those zones, that he's, that he's being extra safe. You don't take risks. Because this is a game that if you don't turn it over, you just, you win comfortably. So I do think actually that Duke game is especially helpful film for Florida State. 
and what they did to Duke, holding him to 3.71 yards per play. And Duke's offense has been pretty good this year with Riley Leonard at quarterback. The reason that that's such a helpful game for Florida State is Duke runs Norvell's offense. I mean, that's Kevin Johns at offensive coordinator. He was he was Norvell's offensive coordinator at Memphis at the end. They're running Norvell's offense at Duke. And they struggled mightily against this Georgia Tech defense. But again, Florida State's had a chance to see what did they do? What did they do against that Duke offense? So this is a game where I think you've got you've got counters, you've got you've got some big play pieces to be able to get enough offense. I think Florida State will this will be a little bit of an uglier game, a bit of a slugfest on that side of the ball. But I think you can expect all told, including some big plays and all that, about six yards per play in this game. But that's I mean, that's not that's not a huge offensive explosion. That's that's just being reasonably efficient. They need to be patient. They need to try to run the football and and stay ahead of the chains. You just want to make sure that you're not in position to do anything stupid because that's the only way you lose this football game. So all told, if I'm looking at the overall, I've said it a couple times so far, I think this is a very similar matchup to what we saw with the Boston College game. It's a pretty good defense. I think their defense might be a little better than Boston College's and a downright terrible offense. But again, Boston College had a legit big play threat with Flowers. Georgia Tech, if Sims plays, has a dual threat quarterback that can, you know, can hurt you with his legs at least. And to me, as long as Florida State's not generous in terms of turnovers, they'll win the football game. I think this is going to be a pretty straightforward and honestly pretty ugly game. I think this is one where Florida State should, and I expect them to, dominate from start to finish, you don't really get, you don't expect a, a start like they got against Boston College where you get a, you know, an immediate turnover after your first score and all of a sudden it's 14 to nothing with like a minute and a half, you know, gone and that game's over at that point. I don't expect that because Georgia Tech doesn't turn the football over. Boston College has turned the ball over some this year because they depend on throwing the football. Georgia Tech's not going to turn it over a, mu- a, a bunch, and as long as you don't turn it over against them, you're, you're going to be fine. But I don't expect it to, to, to turn into a snowball quite like what we saw against, against Boston College. But the end result, I think, will be pretty similar. I'm going to go with Florida State winning this game 38-6. to I've got it at about a 90% chance of, of winning. Might be even underestimating that a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and wrap here. I mean, I don't want to waste anybody's time in terms of the preview. Be back with the hot takes after the game on Saturday, then usual podcast schedule coming up the next week, coming into the Miami game where we can uh, we can have some fun talking about, you know, <laughs> the difference between uh, the off season and the real season for Miami. Miami is uh, what the 20 time defending off season champs. And now uh, once again, you get into the season and things get a whole lot a whole lot more fun for uh, everybody except for Miami. So we'll go ahead and wrap there. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at unconqueredpodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. 
Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Post us on social media and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.